Hey, everybody. Welcome to your Born for This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me. I'm Father John. I'm the executive director at Acts 29. Where we talk about anything and everything having to do with transformation in the church. I'm here, as always, with my co-labor in the vineyard and my dear sister, Mary Guilfoyle. Mary, how are you doing today? I'm good, Father John. How about yourself? You look rested, refreshed, <laughs> and ready to go. Yeah, it's amazing what sleep can do for the body and the mind. Yeah, we've been on the road a lot, so it's kind of nice to... Uh, unpack for a few days, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's Praise glory, but it's all glorious. So I'm excited about this uh, podcast episode. What's our title today? So our topic today is history isn't a series of random events, no matter how it seems. Because it sure seems like some of the things we're reading about right now in the country, in the world, in the church, it's like, is is any of this getting woven together by anybody? Or is this just a bunch of, like you said, random events? But in fact, there is an author of history, isn't there? Amen, there is. Amen, there is. So, so I, I pray this will be uh, encouraging to those of us who are uh, wondering how does anything fit together right now? So how about we pray first, shall that we? sounds great. Father. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Lord, we just thank you for the reality that you are, in fact, the author of the drama that is history and that it's moving somewhere. Not randomly, not blindly, not because... Uh, some unknown fate is guiding it, but because you who are a good father are leading it somewhere. And even in the events that seem to make no sense, even the times when we or others might make bad choices or abuse the great gift of freedom that you've given to us, you are always at work. All things work for good for those who love you and believe in you. So we entrust this uh, podcast episode to you right now. We ask for your anointing and your blessing on our conversation, that it would be edifying and encouraging and bring hope to those who are listening who most need it. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So how is it that we got to this topic? Yeah, so I think it was what last Friday and Saturday um, through the daily readings, we unpacked the story of Ruth, and it led to you sharing a, a remarkable story in your homily. Yeah, so, you know, like it often happens, right, that um, we're, we're talking on podcast about things that we've reflected on uh, around the altar, which is, I guess it only just makes sense, right? I mean, the Lord not only nourishes us with himself, uh, his body and blood, but he nourishes us with his word. And when we when we take the time to meditate on his word, like I find anyway, it just becomes the uh, the opportunity for really rich discussion amongst us. Huh? And so, yeah, the other day, it was Saturday, actually, last week, we were, uh, we, we got a couple of excerpts this past week from the book of Ruth. And one of them, you know, tells the story of how um, Ruth, who's a pagan, right? So mm -hmm. th this is this is part of Jesus's genealogy. She's listed uh, in the genealogy of Jesus. And it, it tells us how she got there. And so she's uh, she is the daughter-in-law of a woman named Naomi, and she's given the opportunity. I don't want to tell the whole story. It's too long, but she's given the opportunity uh, to, to stay behind back in uh, outside of the Holy Land. Um, but instead, she decides to come with Naomi. She says, you know, wherever you go, I will go. Mm. Um, you will be my people. Your God will be my God. It's this really beautiful passage. And then on Saturday this past week, I mean, this seems like just this ordinary event, like a, a, a totally mundane circumstance where she's out gleaning ears of grain in a field. 
like so like this is a a normal day, right? right? We're like, big deal. What's going to come of this, right? And so she's out gleaning the uh, the ears of grain. And as she's out there, she meets this guy named Boaz uh, who falls in love with her and then marries her. And their child is a, a boy named Abed who becomes the father of a man named, or another boy named Jesse. And Jesse is the father of King David. And didn't that just hit you like a ton of bricks? Yeah, it's like, here's how David gets on the scene, right? So who's David? David is, you know, the great king for the Jewish people. The one whom Jesus is continually pointing back to. He's the fulfillment of everything that David is supposed to be. He's he's the anointed one. That's who Jesus is, right? The, the, The Messiah. So... I was just kind of blown away by the fact that, you know, here's this big crescendo in scripture. Like, how does David come about? Well, David comes about because what seemed to be an otherwise totally insignificant, like Friday afternoon, and here's this girl out picking, uh, you know, gleaning uh, ears of grain. She meets a man, and that's how David comes into existence is because of this. And then just led me to reflect on, like, how often do what seemed to be ordinary events turn out to be actually extraordinary or ordinary conversations turn out to be life-changing ones. And that's what led me to this story that I shared uh, at Mass. So I, I know you're a big fan of uh, Chuck Colson, yes, as am I, I am. And, and good grief, you know, like decades ago now, I read a book called Loving God, which you've read as well, right? I have. It's a classic. Yeah, it's worth dusting off. So Chuck Colson, for those of us who are uh, too young to remember this, Colson was the... Uh, the hatchet man of the White House. And the Nixon administration. Right, indicted in Watergate. Right. Sent to prison, has a massive conversion, and then becomes the founder of Prison Fellowship. He's passed away now. Just a great man, huh? Mm -hmm. And um, talk about a conversion, right? Because this is a guy who said he would run over his mother to get President Nixon reelected. So God had other plans for Mr. Colson. And God had some work to do with Mr. Yes, Colson, yes, right? He did. <laughs> as, as he did with me and, and with you. And Amen. Well, probably not with you. You've always been perfect, right? <laughs> yeah, right? So anyway, Colson tells this story in a book called Loving God, which I have never forgotten. And it came to mind again as we were reading the story of Ruth. And the stories go something like this. So there was, there was a, uh, he tells the story of a, a Jewish doctor, a guy named Boris Kornfeld. So you're like, who's Boris Kornfeld, right? Do you know who Boris Kornfeld is? Anybody ever heard of Boris Kornfeld, <laughs> right? So Boris Kornfeld is this uh, this uh, Jewish doctor serving in a Russian gulag. So, okay, let's just set the scene. You can't get many more hopeless places in the world than a Soviet gulag in the archipelago, all right? He's been sentenced there. We don't even know why. And he's serving as a physician in the camp. So he's, he's a prisoner, but he's also a physician. And so they, they treat him somewhat well, if you can treat somebody well in a gulag, uh, because the, um, the, the, the people who run the camp, they need doctors to take care of them too, right? right? So somehow this man, Boris Kornfeld, he becomes a Christian. And he becomes a Christian because while he's in the gulag, Somebody whose name we don't even know shares the gospel with him. And Kornfeld, who, you know, the, so the Jews in Russia would have had just count. I mean, you know, there's tons of obstacles to coming to faith regardless, but tons of obstacles about coming to Christianity simply because 
of the countless pogroms that were put on by, um, you know, quote unquote Christians, not a real disciple of Jesus doesn't persecute others, but boy, the, the, the stuff that was done in the, in Russia against the, the Jewish people was just terrible at times. And yet, despite all that, this man, because of the testimony of this anonymous Christian, whose name we don't know, he comes to believe in Jesus. And so Colson tells the story of how this man, after he comes to faith, he just starts going through this profound transformation. He starts to live with hope, starts to live with uh, a spirit of repentance. And two events happen in his life. One of the events is, uh, is going to cause his demise. So he, he turns in a thief uh, in the gulag. And, and he knew the moment he did that, his life was in jeopardy. Because they took the thief, they put him in solitary confinement. And then he knew, <laughs> he knew that if this man somehow survived solitary confinement, when he got out, he was going to come looking for Kornfeld. And he did. But before that happened, Kornfeld is in the infirmary one night. And he's ministering to a guy. He's taking care of a patient who had just had an operation for um, cancer of the intestines. Imagine, mm-hmm. imagine that. Like, cancer of the intestines in a gulag. And you're having surgery there. Yeah, that, that had to have been less than ideal, right? So he wasn't even the physician who was in charge of this mm-hmm. patient, but he he's so caught up with the love of Jesus that he shares the faith with this man who is in obvious agony. And, and the man is uh, is not a believer, but the man's going in and out of consciousness. And he recalls, the man does, who was uh, having the surgery, the, the the joy, the hope, the enthusiasm, the fervor of Boris Kornfeld talking about Jesus with him. So let's just pause right there for a second. So you go, okay, we're in a gulag. What in the world could possibly come from a conversation here between uh, a newfound Christian and some guy who's going to die, right? Well, it turns out that man didn't die, that patient Kornfeld did. In fact, he died the next morning. The patient woke up, heard a, a bunch of commotion in the infirmary, people running around, realizes that they're running around because uh, while he had fallen into unconsciousness, sure enough, that man who had been in solitary confinement was released and he beat Kornfeld to death and he was found dead. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we know this? We know this because that man who had cancer surgery didn't just survive, he got out of the gulag. And he didn't just get out of the gulag, he got out of the Soviet Union and he went on to make his life one of telling others about what communism had done and about Soviet oppression. And the man's name is Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who perhaps for some of us is unfamiliar to us, but for those of us who grew up in the 60s and 70s, Solzhenitsyn just had this amazing impact um, by un, kind of unmasking, right? Mm-hmm. What had happened uh, behind the Iron Curtain gave a tremendously powerful address at uh, Harvard University mm-hmm. for one of their commencement ceremonies and where he just challenged the United mm-hmm. States to be very careful mm-hmm. uh, that we didn't go on to replicate right? What the Soviet Union had done in our own way. So that, that was the story, right? And I, I just can't get that out of my head because it looks like totally, what's the title of the podcast episode? You know, um, history isn't a series of random events, no matter how it seems some days. Well, this seemed like a random event. 
Yeah, it sure did. It, it felt like more than just a random event. It felt like a hopeless event. Yeah, totally. In so many ways. But, but God is behind the scenes of all of that, writing a unique story in every player in this story. Yeah, so, so just like with Ruth, right, where she's out in the field one day doing something that seems really ordinary, and it turns out not to be ordinary. It turns out to be pivotal for salvation history. So too, this apparently hopeless day in a Soviet gulag turns out to be life-changing, not just for Alexander Solzhenitsyn, but for the Western world. Absolutely. You know, Father John, I, so oftentimes we ask ourselves, well, what can I do? Or what can one man do? Or what can one woman do? I'm so ordinary. But God wants to do extraordinary things, remarkable things in the lives of all of us. There are no ordinary people in the eyes of God. We're all extraordinary. And he wants to use us to do remarkable things. Yeah, and there are no ordinary events, right? No, God God is the author of history. He, he's writing history. We talked about it in Acts 29. You know what happens in Acts 29? We do. We're, we're writing us, all of us. Right. God right? is writing the next chapter of history. Through our lives. Through our lives. Yeah. So as we often say, you know, when we're talking to people, we, we may be, you know, the nonprofit Acts 29, but we're all yeah. part of Acts 29 because we, we kind of jokingly ask, hey, what happens in Acts 29? And people go, nothing. It's like, no, it's not nothing. You and I happen in Acts 29, right? Because the, the Spirit is walking. The Spirit is still alive and he's working in human history and he wants to work through you and me, through all of us. Yeah, somehow. so, you know, maybe a long way of getting to the point, which is every single situation that we find ourselves in is pregnant with grace. Oh, I love that line. With God just waiting to, to break in and do something with it, if we'll let him, and then actually if we'll let him like take care of the results too. Like, I don't know about you, I often struggle with, gosh, did what I say or did what I do, is that going to really have an impact in someone's life? And and we just have to leave that to God, don't we? Yeah, we do, Father John. And, and, and uh, I, I'm thinking of uh, just the normal rhythm of our days. Every day, like you said, every moment is pregnant with grace. Every season, um, every day is a season to plant seeds of the gospel. Mm. There, there is no, there is no day, there is no time in our lives where we just choose to opt out of being at the service for the kingdom of God. Every day is a season to plant seeds, and then you just leave the rest of the Holy Spirit. You've been faithful. Yeah. And God God can do what we can't do, but he still desires to use us in the capacity that, we, that we'll be obedient to when we say yes to that. Does yeah, that you make know, sense? Yeah, and what comes immediately to mind is when Paul says, you know, like some people plant, some people water, some people see the fruit come to fruition. We never know which we're doing, but we just have to trust that God is always at work whether it's the conversations we're having, who knows, maybe we're planting a seed, maybe we're watering a seed that someone else has mm -hmm. planted. Maybe we're, we're reaping the fruit of someone Harvesting. who has, yeah, That's exactly. Right. Who has already planted and That's watered. Right. It, 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 it just doesn't matter to me. Like, it's not about like, I want to get credit for something. We just want to be faithful to making the most out of every situation. Right. Absolutely. Father. So what can we do with this? There's a couple practical things, right? You're always good at this. Yeah. Stuff. So I was thinking about this this morning and uh, just reflecting in, in my own life, on the people that God brought into my life early on and, and were willing to invest in my life and plant the seeds of the gospel. And so uh, 
for myself, I just was very intentional in my prayer this morning, just thanking God for the young men and the young women that I met in college who took time to speak a word of faith into my life when I wasn't living a faithful life. Hmm. And so number one, to thank God for those men and women who have come in our life and have helped further us along the journey of faith, either deepened our faith or brought us to new faith. Yeah, right? It's almost so like taking funny. a moment to just go, how did I get here? Mm. Right. I mean, that's, so you can picture David asking his father, how did I get here? And, and Jesse, his father, sharing the story, shares the story of, of Ruth. Ruth. Oh, yeah. I want to tell you how you got here, son. Yeah. Yeah. So just, yeah, I love that. Let's just take some time. How did I get to where I am right now? And then, and, and then, you know, um, maybe something else is just to ask the Lord um, uh, this week for divine appointments or opportunities to share the faith with others. Mm. And, and, and you don't have to look very far because they're always there. Just just pray for the eyes to see as I begin my day today, Lord. Help me to have your eyes to see this day as you see it and step into those unique opportunities where you want me to be you to the men and women that I'm going to come across in my day. I love that. You know, for silly as this might be, the image in my mind is, uh, is one of those oscillating sprinklers that's just kind of like throwing water mm. across a, a big swath of, uh, of grass. And so as we go about our week this week, that's, that's how we can be. We can just be throwing water, the water of God's love, the water mm. of how he's broken into our lives, the water of just maybe uh, saying to someone, hey, I'm going to pray for you, you know, or asking someone when you're going to have a, a meal, if you're going out to a restaurant, uh, you know, waiting to say grace when the server comes back and just say, hey, is there anything special I can pray for today as, as a really simple example, right? Or, right. or checking out at a, at, a, at a store and just saying, hey, uh, anything I can pray for for you today. Um, all those things, like they can be momentous for someone. Some, you know, someone behind the counter might go, well, why would you do that? And you know, Father, that's, uh, that's, that's a practice that some of us have gotten into is asking the server their name. Yeah. Like, hi, my name is Mary. What is your name? And also, too, sometimes it's not so much what we say. It's what we do. Because you never know who's watching yeah. or who's listening, but just stepping out and leading in faith. And, and you never know who's going to be watching that and ask you the question, how is it you can do what you just did? And that gives you an opportunity to witness to Jesus too. I love that. So history, regardless of how it seems, maybe especially right now, right, is not some series of random events, even amidst great suffering, great tragedy, great hardship. God is its author and he's bringing it somewhere, just like he did with Ruth, just like he did with David, just like he did with Boris and with Alexander. And he's doing it through you and me. And because this is true, do not be afraid. God is with you and you were born for this.